Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people, your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. This is Marin Costello Radio. Folks, this is a long-awaited interview. I'm so, so excited to have Dr. Ben on the show. Doctors Ben and Sean Benham are dedicated hair loss and hair restoration specialists and are the founders of happyhead.com. Dr. Sean is a renowned board-certified hair transplant surgeon, and his practice specializes in hair loss, while Dr. Ben is a board-certified dermatologist who specializes in medical hair loss management and medicine. Doctors Ben and Sean Benham are dedicated researchers, innovators, and mentors who have spent their professional lives focused on hair. Most importantly, they are artists. A great hair transplant requires detailed artistry. They spend the time designing a hairline that suits you. Their goals and philosophies resolve or revolve around providing the most artistic results and the highest quality care. Today, we have half of the dynamic duo. Dr. Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. This is so fun. So I just found out that you and Dr. Sean are not only brothers, but you are twins. Yes, we are twins. Can you believe it? Trust me, going undergrad together was at UCLA was a little bit difficult because people will always get us mixed up, but also a lot of fun. I'm a Bruin as well. Oh, here we go. Go Bruins. Here we go. I know. Yeah. I, love I love it. That. That's great. We're family. Here We're we family. Are. So I mean, I have so many questions about like family dynamics and then starting a practice together and studying together. How did you guys know that you both wanted to go into medicine? Well, we actually didn't, believe it or not. But um, I guess we kind of figured that out like mid like college, like around sophomore year. And then, but we actually ended up at different med schools, which was kind of good and bad. I mean, we literally, you know, I mean, when we grew up, they really didn't take the time to separate twins so we're always in the same class same school so going to different med schools was a little bit daunting but you know we thank god cell phones became available early 2000s so we're always on the phone together you know and um we went to different residencies but afterwards what happened was that although he's he was only doing hair and doing derm there's a quite a lot of overlap so we decided to have our clinic together and we called it dermatology and hair restoration. And, you know, things have evolved over the last 10 years and we've both basically doing, been doing more hair uh, just as a result, which is great. Uh, you know, look, we, we thank God, you know, we're in the same office. It's really fun. The best part about it is that you know, I always have someone to count on when I have a question. So on a lot of tough cases, you know, we actually both come in and really discuss the case, um, which is great because we're bouncing ideas and you know, we have different education backgrounds and we different experiences. So really having two people really on someone's case really just gives, allows us to share more of our knowledge, experience and come with a better treatment plan for a patient. Honestly, eventually it benefits our patients more than having just one doctor, you know? Absolutely. So this is a question that we start, uh, usually start with on every show to kind of get full, full scope of our guests. What was little Ben like before oh, you were a doctor? What was little Ben like? <laughs> oh, little, oh, that's a very good question. I, I was, I was definitely studious. I, I definitely shy and studious. Uh, twin brother was a little bit more, uh, charismatic, but you know, surprisingly, I swear ever since he was first in college, 
he knew he wanted to do hair transplant. I mean, can you believe this? Like, I don't know. I, I still sometimes don't know what I'm going to do. But he <laughs> had his calling early on. Like, I don't know how that's even possible. So, but I guess that's what really makes him so passionate about what he does. You know, he was just in Turkey, you know, doing a conference. You know, and he's really, truly passionate about, you know, what he does. And that really makes both of us better, you know? That's awesome. What was your dynamic growing up? Were you guys always best friends? Or yeah, did you guys have your own friends. identities? But, you know... <clears throat> You know, I think our, you know, we're definitely always best friends. We still had our own unique identity, but at the same time, we're more like closer together than, you know, like other sets of twins that we knew. That's awesome. Do you yeah. also hang out outside of work? Uh, you know, so we each have two kids and honestly, it's very difficult. I mean, we try <laughs> to. it's just like, by the time I go home, you know, my kids are jumping all over me. So, you know, it, it's, it, we try to, it's just a little bit harder. I'm sure. I'm sure. So your brother knew that he wanted to be a doctor right away. And you said for you, it was about sophomore year that you thought yeah, you wanted to more exactly second, third year, basically college, you know, and I realized, you know, after doing a couple different things and I realized, look, you know, really, you know, medicine is my, is my calling, but I didn't know I wanted to do Durham. Uh, I actually didn't decide to do Durham all the way to like end of my med school years, actually, which is quite rare for dermatologists uh you know I was looking more like ENT and plastic surgery you know but one thing good the great thing about derm is that there's so many different things you could do you could just do purely cosmetics medical surgery there's so many different aspects to it so uh which is actually quite rewarding because you're just trying to be you could really help in like a lot of different ways so Currently, I do about 30, 40% like hair stuff in my office, you know, and also do like a lot of acne scars. I do a lot of skin cancer. So I kind of, you know, do multiple different things. So I don't get bored. That's awesome. Where is your practice? We're in, located right out of Santa Monica. Um, we're in West Side. We're in West LA, like literally five minutes away from UCLA. That's amazing. I was in LA for 14 years. I moved down oh from, from Northern California for college to be a Bruin. And then I stayed there for 14 years. And I only moved to Tampa about a year and some change ago to expand the brand in the South and the Southeast. Oh, nice. Don't you miss LA? <laughs> no, I don't actually. I, you know why? <laughs> only because I feel like when I was there, I did it so well. Yeah. I, I lived LA so well and not just like the party scene. I mean, I, I got to really experienced the full breadth of the culture that LA has to offer. And when it was time to leave, I just felt good about my chapter there. I never thought I would leave, like never in a million years, you couldn't have paid me to leave. You know, I had no idea that was going to happen, but, um, but I loved it. It was so, it was such a wonderful place to live out my early adulthood. Yes, yes, that's a lot of people experience that. Yes, you see, I grew up here, so for me, like when I went to UC Irvine for med school and residency, I kind of always felt that like I didn't really like belong anywhere else except for LA. And also, all my friends were here, family were here, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but sometimes LA could be a little bit overwhelming at times, especially in the past two years. Uh, but you know, everybody, you know, it's you know, well, I'm glad you, you're loving Tampa right now. So thank you. But I am going to come back and visit for a good long while. Absolutely. Um, Please do. We're right at the corner of Barrington and Santa Monica. You can't miss it. Trust me. I love I'm it. Fine. I'll definitely let you guys know. I'd love to meet. I'd love to see you guys in person. And, um, you know, of course I miss Erwan and Craig's oh, and all of my, you know, all of my, my regular sugar fish. I miss all, oh, I miss all of my, fish. uh, oh, that's my right. restaurants. <laughs> 
Yeah, everyone is expanding the opening and location in Beverly Hills. We are actually right. There's a the huge Whole Foods is basically being built right across of us on Santa Cruz Boulevard. It's going to be one of the largest Whole Foods in the country, actually. So that thing is being built, you know, about to be built right now. So next time you come back, we're probably going to have a new Whole Foods in LA. So, you know. I love that. You know how to lure a girl in. (laughs) So outside of right after medical school, what was your first experience in the workforce? Where did, how did you go from studying medicine to opening up your own practice? That's a really good question. So initially, so when I got out in 2008, actually, I was about to work for uh, a Durham group in Irvine, in, uh, I think, Dana Point. But what happened was that the economy had just crashed. I mean, literally. So I'm like, so I ended up basically coming out. I had no jobs. I'm like, how is this possible? Um, so, I mean, the things that I lined up didn't really work out. So I ended up working uh, with a good friend of mine in, in Long Beach, actually, for about two years. And then, you know, at the same time, and me and, you know, my twin brother, Dr. Sean, decided to establish our own practice in Santa Monica. And, you know, we started heading, uh, heading up our hair restoration practice and, you know, it slowly got busy and busy. And honestly, one of the things that I kind of started doing like early on, you know, we started like having a YouTube channel and kind of going on live. Obviously, not as much as, you know, we should have or some of the bloggers and influencers, but we definitely did enough. So by 2013 and 14, we were doing things that were de- that were definitely different than anyone else and also just more innovative. You know, we were uh, honestly one of the first groups to start doing FUE transplant. That's like doing hair transplant where you do follicular units. So traditionally, the hair transplants were done as a strip where you get a long scar. In 2008 and nine, no one was really doing the new advanced technique. So we were one of the first groups to do it. And in, in fact, like when we started doing it, we we're only able to get 100 hairs a day because the technology wasn't there. Nobody really knew how to do it. So, so we we're one of the first groups and we started to basically focus more and more on it. And that kind of you know, made us a little bit, that kind of created a buzz around us just because no one else was doing it. And honestly, over the years, basically, we've just been trying to advance technique more and more. And really, our goal is to be really the best of what we do in the U.S. I mean, and I really, truly mean it. I mean, we are currently working on doing getting 3,000 hair grafts in one day, which is very unheard of in the U.S. So, so that's basically kind of started, uh, started us. And also, we always try to think outside of the box. You know, we're not... The top of people say, okay, you know, this is how it's always been done. So this is how we're going to do it. We say our techn- our idea is this has been done, but how can we make it better? So I do a lot of PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma, which is you take your blood and you centrifuge and inject into the scalp. I started doing that in 2011 and 12, you know, and, you know, the problem with PRP for hair loss is that it really doesn't work very effectively. So but we really worked on it quite a bit uh, and start introducing just various techniques and different different techniques and different stuff to it. So by 2016 and 17, we had we were proud to say that we've done two things that were very different from everyone else. One, uh, we had uh, made a PRP technique that was different and more effective. And number two, we were one of the first groups in the country to start doing stem cell for hair restoration. Wow. Uh, and uh, this is 2016. Now, we had no idea what we were doing back at the day, 2016, looking back. But, you know, what is it, six years after now, you know, I have to say that we were one of the leaders in stem cell hair restoration, honestly, in the country, if not around the world. I mean, I have people around the world that fly in, you know, to see us 
you know, for stem cell and also hair restoration. So, um, I mean, we didn't plan it to be this way, but, you know, I think dedication, working hard, being focused, and also kind of thinking out of the box really, um, really pushed us in that direction, which we're very happy. And that's how we landed on Happy Ed. You see, we, what happened was that we always wanted to share our knowledge with the world. I mean, that's, that's, that was the goal. And in 2017, you know, we had a hair loss product in our office that we believe worked very well compared to all the non-prescription hair serums you see over the market, on the market. And we were testing in the office between 2017 and 2019. When the pandemic happened, literally the next day, we launched, well, we had an intention of launching a website called Happy Head, but we were just too busy to do it. And as my wife says, you know, it required the power of pandemic to actually launch the website. But what happened was that the day the pandemic happened, we already had everything lined up, ready to go. So the next thing when we shut down, we we're at home, we literally launched our Happy Head website. And it took about six months to really get you know, things up and running and expand nationwide. But the idea was basically that with Happy Head, we gave people access to a product we had in the clinic uh, that otherwise people would not have access to. And looking back, we have been able to reach out and affect the livelihood of literally thousands and thousands and thousands of patients uh, just by basically going online, establish a telemedicine company where basically patients could get on the web and in five minutes, basically submit the consultation, get a prescription from a doctor and a product delivers in two, three days to the house consistently. Um, and it helps their hair grow. I mean, I have patients that reach out to me and they tell me we have changed their life. So that being said, you know, I, th I truly believe that, you know, when we started the clinic, you know, we always wanted to really touch a lot of people's lives. And sometimes it's hard to do it when you have one clinic, but with the power of telemedicine, Zoom, and COVID, that really allowed to expand our reach and really reach out to a lot of people and honestly help the confidence. That's amazing. So you launched Happy Head during the pandemic and then things start opening up again. What does your practice look like then? Because it sounds like, you know, you were seeing patients and then you weren't, you were able to kind of be insular and just focus on the web, yeah. on the website. What happens now that when the world is open and now you're managing both? Yeah, it's a good question. So for during the pandemic, the last three months we're home, the hair part of our practice grew exponentially because everybody they were at home and the only thing they were worried about was the hair. Yeah. I mean, that's what, so, so, I mean, so our hair transplant calls skyrocketed. Our hair loss questions just skyrocketed. Um, but then once, by the time we got back, I mean, so we were still very busy. So the way Happy Head grew was it was Dr. Sean, me, and also my wife, you know, I have to give a lot of credit. She's the creative part of the whole of the whole uh, branding and putting the whole thing together. But once we basically had the website up and running, what would happen was that I would literally get up um, at 4 a.m. every morning. And because our head, our manufacturer is in the East Coast and we had people on the East Coast working on it and we had people in the Philippines working on it. So we had a lot of people kind of around the world working on Happy It. Um, and literally I would get up at 4 a.m. and I would work on Happy It from 4 to 9 every day. And then I would go to clinic, basically see my patients till five uh, and basically go home, be in bed with my son by 9 p.m. and literally start again at 4 a.m. and basically do it every day. And I did that for about almost a year to a year and a half where I kind of felt the happy it was in a good place where, uh, you know, where we could kind of hand it off 
to our CEO. So right now, basically, ever since last June, you know, we have C uh, our CEO basically that runs the company, and we have basically exponentially grown ever since he's come on board. Um, and you know, the team has grown exponentially as well. So I'm currently the chief medical officer. I'm making sure basically that our we're expanding more into various products and making sure that you know our patients are doing well. And we have a team that's dedicated to running the company, and another team dedicated to for like other products and website and things like that. So, so I just, it, what I've really learned by launching Happy Ed was that, you know, companies like this do not grow because of one person, you know, and they start off with one person, you know, but to really be able to influence, you know, people's lives and really touch a lot of people uh, in a very positive way, you need a group of people. You need various talents basically to come in. You know, some talent basically do the infrastructure, other talents do the marketing, other talents do basically the market research, and other talents are basically are there to make the product. We had, a, we had a good structure and everything was already set up. We had already expanded to 50 states, but bringing out the other people onto, onto our board basically really allowed us just to expand much faster and provide better service and better quality of work. That's amazing. Do you have boundaries with your brother when you don't talk about work or is it all fair game, like a family event or after hours? Uh, good question. No, we definitely have boundaries. I mean, I truly believe boundaries are really the key to success in any relationship, both being at work and at home, you know. So, uh, I mean, obviously, when we're together, you know, we ended up talking about work a lot of times. But, you know, we really have, uh, I mean, look, we get together every Friday night, no matter what, you know. So, uh, it, because you really need to see other people, you need to see each other outside of the office. And believe me, sometimes I don't even see him in the office. I mean, yeah. he's very busy. I'm very busy. We really do not get a chance sometimes to see one another. So, so sometimes you need that time basically to really get together and just talk about things, you know? So like this morning I got up, you know, he, he gets up at 6.30 in the a.m. I get up 6.30 and we just chat for half an hour, you know? Really not work-related, just random other stuff about our kids, you know, family, you know, things like that. And I think you really need that time away from work where you're just, you know, just kind of zoning out and really just hanging out or talking to one another. That's amazing. That's amazing. What does your weekly schedule look like Karen, now, post-pandemic? <laughs> so we, um, so basically I work about four and a half days a week. Um, and so it's basically Monday from nine to five. Uh, I, I get up in the morning, I dress my son and we go to school. I drop him off every morning. And we talk in the car about various things, you know, so it's, that's the exciting part of my day. And then uh, I see patients pretty much till five and go home. And this is what I do. I put my daughter to bed, shower her, bathe her, put her to bed, then hang out with my son, put him to bed, hang out with the, with the wife. And then basically, usually I fall asleep. <laughs> you know that's usually how it works so but but dr sean you know his schedule is a little bit different he has two kids so he also drops off his kids basically in the morning and but he's literally doing surgery basically from 8 30 to like five like every day i mean literally i mean he's a surgery 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 so um and you know that's what he's good at and that's what he loves doing so it gives him a goal in life you know so you guys, are you both under the same practice, under the same business? Yes. We are under the same practice. And that's, um, I mean, and that really helps us basically because, you know, we both feed off on one another. 
And it really helps us just honestly, I think it's the patients that really benefit the most because for example, some patients will come in and you know they would see me and they want to go on happy head and they go, but sometimes look, they're candidate for transplants or sometimes, you know, they're not, they want to come for transplant, they're not candidate for transplant. So, you know, and we offer multiple different services. Dr. Sean only does hair transplant. Whereas I only do like medical management, like happy head or PRP or stem cells. So we really, although we're in the same clinic, but we focus on different things, whereas most other hair transplant doctors are trying to do A to Z. We truly believe that by splitting things up, we're actually much better at doing those specific tasks. So I'm really good at doing PRP and stem cell, and he's really good at doing hair transplant. And we really not try to uh, basically get in each other's way. Although, you know, I've started to help a little more in the hair transplant just because I think me helping him a little more allows us to achieve uh, more graphs in one day, just better results, you know, but we, we truly believe if you just focus on one thing, you're going to have better results, you know, it's kind of like the Ford tech mentality, you know, every person just only does one thing, but does it really well. You yes. Know? Yes. Uh, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show and I'm curious how the business portion of your practice runs. You guys both have your own unique um, you know, specializations in medicine, but what does the rest of your staff look like? What does the operations of the practice look like? Tell me about how the machine actually runs. Right. So, so the way it works is that, so we share the same front office staff. Um, and then uh, basically, so I have my own medical assistants in the back and Dr. Sean has his own literally team of like 10 people, like technicians. He has his own like, you know, staff that calls patients and consultants. So he has a group of just literally 10 people just for himself. And then uh, and then we both share the front office staff. And then I have a group, my, my own team, basically on my own. And basically the way that our clinic is, so our clinic is about like 4,000 square feet and it's kind of divided in half. So on one wing is basically is all the derm side and the other wing is kind of like the hair stuff, basically that's how it works. That's amazing. So, that's amazing. So, but so everyone you... still gets together. So believe it or not, but the, the, the practice is big enough that no one's bumping to another. But the most important thing about our practice is that everybody gets, thank God, everybody thinks gets along, you know, and we really emphasize that. We really try to get the best people that also work well together. And I think once everybody works well together, it just makes the machine go much better and much more smoother, you know? That's amazing. You mentioned stem cells a couple of times, and I have an uncle who is a um, plastic surgeon and also um, does a lot of stem cell work as it pertains to, I mean, healing in general, but autism specifically, because my younger cousin has autism. So I do feel called to connect you guys at some point because so much of your practice, and he's been on the show as well. So I'll send you uh, his episodes, yeah, but I do feel called great. to connect you guys. I think yeah, that's absolutely. just, yeah, to yes. both be in that field. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, look, I think stem cells is the way of the future. You know, it's, there's a lot of FDA regulations in the US and the keys to comply with all those FDA regulations and FDA laws. I think that's very important. Uh, but you know, I truly believe it, it is the future that what we're gonna do and what everything's gonna be based on eventually is gonna be on stem cells. So, you know, I think the US is having a little bit harder time trying to adjust all that. Uh, but if you look at other countries, they're way, way more advanced, like Panama and other countries mm -hmm. more advanced than we are. Uh, but I think we'll get there eventually. It's just going to take some time. 
Uh, with respect to autism, actually, you know, we ended up buying a hyperbaric oxygen chamber in our office just because we use it for hair stuff. Most during practices don't have a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, but actually I think I've read a couple of studies about autism and hyperbaric oxygen chamber. So if you want to look into that, uh, you know, that could be beneficial. That's amazing. How do you stay up to date on your practice, on your, on your uh, craft? That's very, so, so for example, Darashan literally just got back yesterday from Turkey. Uh, he was there a full week at a Turkey hair transplant conference. So the key is basically going to multiple different conferences and, um, and uh, just reading a lot of stuff. My success, I always say, my success in whatever I've been I've done has always been I read a lot of clinical articles. Uh, Happy Head was based on clinical articles and data. Uh, I mean, the entire formula was really based on a lot of articles. Um, and a lot of stuff we do on a day-to-day -day practice from stem cells and PRP. And I truly believe like my, my PRP technique, the way I do it was that I devoted a year of my life in 2017, practically reading every PRP article there was ever published and reading it over and over and over again. I know what stat stood out to me every time I read it. I found out something else different every time I read those articles. It was the same articles. And I learned something else different from it. And, it, and what really made me really good at PRP and stem cell was because I learned stuff that I only... I, I, I understood stuff that only read the article the, the third time. Now you're going to say, well, what, you weren't you reading it right? It's just, it's not that. It's just the fact that you read it, you go back and you do it in clinical practice. And then you go back and you do it again. You say, why am I not getting that result that this person in Germany is getting? You know, look, I literally even had one of my Russian friends translate me a Russian article. And that was really critical because it actually taught me a very key step in PRP that how you have to activate it that unfortunately is not taught in the US at all. So, uh, so I think being staying up basically on your education, reading articles, attending these conferences are really key to really, you know, being the best at what you do. That's amazing. You mentioned that the happy head formula was already complete before the pandemic hit, before yes. you decided to go all in on the site when we were, you know, in all everyone was inside. How long did it take you to create the formula itself before it was ready? So, so you see, the formula is a prescription formula that has kind of always been in the dermatology field. Um, I mean, one of the original articles, so the whole point of formula is that so traditionally people take oral Propecia for hair loss, but no one at that time had commercially marketed a topical Propecia, a topical finasteride. If you look at the literature, the first article published was back in 1996. 1996. No one had really bothered to really look at that study. Um so, but there were some doctors were using a similar formula in their practice and, you know, everyone kind of had it, but nobody really had, you know, nobody really wanted to commercialize it and make it available nationwide. So we took a similar formula, read a lot of studies and over about a two year period, basically really tried to make the product more stable, less irritating, and just a better formula by removing some stuff and adding some other stuff to it. Um, and that took us about two years of just trial and error. Uh, and after we did that, basically we realized that we had a really good um, product market fit. Uh, and then we launched it. See, when, when I launched the website um, and, and I've launched other stuff as well, 
and I could tell you the difference. When we did Happy Head, even without advertising it, people were already getting on the website and buying the product. So, so it was already being sold without even me, without really doing anything. So, so, but once we started advertising it, basically it really became like this massive, basically growth engine. Uh, but, but one thing that most people don't know about Happy Head was that, uh, believe it or not, the first six months, you know, we had two different marketing firms that could not sell the product. Mm. So, um, so the question was around October of 2020, do we just give up on it or should we just try the third company? And it was only after the third, we picked up the third marketing firm, basically that we started doing well. And it was really only after we brought a CEO on that basically we really started basically es escalating our growth. Uh, but, you know, we could have easily given up on it very, very early saying, oh, this thing basically doesn't work. Um, but again, you know, a lot of things always say really went, you know, in favor of the product, you know, like, you know, we came up with a really good name that I think a lot of people just resonated with, you know, a lot of people liked it. And I think that was very lucky, but that it took us months and months to actually come up with that name. Um, it's, uh, we brought on doctors that were very passionate at the beginning and that were willing to really help us at the beginning. Um, and basically teach us some of the things that I did not know. And that really allowed us to expand to 50 states. Um, and we happened to find the right manufacturer at the right time, basically that also helped us basically do it. I'm not saying there weren't struggles along the way. There were a lot of hurdles, but at the same time, we got lucky because I think there were a lot of things uh, that came together and it was luck. My wife says there's no such as luck, but we got lucky in a lot of things that basically just things happen to happen that way. And the company grew, uh, you know, just within the several months, the company was making tens of thousands of dollars without really putting much more effort into it. You know, and it was just rolling. So whereas other businesses, I think sometimes it's just hard to sell some product. It just doesn't catch on. So this thing caught on very early on, you know, uh, but a lot of effort, luck all together kind of combined together. For Happy Head, where does most of your sales come from? It's, it's well, we're purely online. I mean, we're purely online business. Uh, a lot of it, I mean, a, a lot of it is just, just online and just word of mouth, honestly. See, what happens that when people see results, you see, what happens that the life, the, the life cycle of a person for hair loss is very unique because a lot of people start by trying vitamins and like a lot of these serums online that does not work. So unfortunately, then they come to realization that maybe I should start doing prescription stuff. And at that time, when we started, basically, it was only oral prescription. A lot of people are scared of oral stuff. So we were really the only topical option for a long time, topical prescription option for a long time in the market. So when people start Googling us, we were the only ones that showed up in the U.S. Um, and, you know, that attracted just basically a lot of people to us. That's amazing. Do you know what area in the U.S. you get most of your clients online? Well, we typically do like the big states, you know, it's California, yeah. Texas, Florida, New York. I mean, you know, just the typical big states, you know, but right now we're at all 50. I mean, we really start to grow once we basically got out of California, uh, started expanding. But it's just with telemedicine, it was it was so hard to expand, especially in 2000. 20 because the technology wasn't really there right now is different right now to set up a telederm company it's easy i mean you could do everything with a press a button you know sure but back at the time it wasn't like that 
you know, you really had to build everything from scratch um, and, you know, get every doctor licensed in every state, the pharmacy licensed in every state. Um, I mean, it took a good about from April to December. Uh, and I always tell, tell my, you know, my colleagues that, you know, on the website, once all that was all that work was done, we literally had to say not available nationwide. It was so easy to write it on the website, but so hard to do. So right. hard to do, you know. So, uh, but once we kind of went nationwide, it really opened. I um, mean, it really just made it much easier to expand. Um, another thing, another thing that really helped us a lot early on was that at the beginning, you know, I was, because I'm licensed in California, so I was reading a lot of the California patients. I was seeing a lot of the patients myself. And one of the most important things that, you know, my Dr. Sean told me from a business perspective uh, was that you should just stop micromanaging the business, stop seeing the patients and start growing it. Like get another doctor that sees your patients and start growing the business. And it was only, it, it cost us more, but it was only when basically I basically started looking at the business from a macroeconomics and not a microeconomics. That's when basically the company really grew. That's amazing. What do you say in your entire, of, of all your businesses, what percentage now comes from Happy Head and what percentage comes from your practice? Well, well Happy Head is a purely, I mean, right now it's an independent company on its own. I mean, it's this started as, as a part of our office business, but I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's its own separate company or deal, you know, uh, but I mean, look, a, a telederm company, a telemedicine company is always going to uh, basically require a lot more effort, but at the same time, the benefits and the money is going to make is also basically potentially a lot more. See, I don't have one location in my office, you know, so not even people fly to see me, which a lot of people do, it's just still that one location and only one person. Whereas when you have a telederm company, it's practically having um, a medical office at the corner of every street in the U.S., Really, that's the power. So, so the the potential for basically of income is really unlimited. That's amazing. What percentage of your clients are male versus female? That's a very so happy. It was originally basically geared towards males, mm-hmm. um, and so and although we came up with a female formula later on, it's still a very male dominant brand. It's changing a little bit basically with time, uh, but you know, and and that's what attracted a lot of guys to it because it was male dominated, which is basically just not unisex, but just one thing. Now we're obviously right now we're expanding more to having more female products, uh, and it's it's better for everyone. But there are also other hair companies, for example, that only focus on females. So I think again, sometimes when you start out, having that niche is very important because we knew we weren't gonna target males. And we were really good at it, you know. And sometimes when you do males and females, it just becomes more confusing. So, and at the beginning, we were very focused. We were very, very focused at because that's what allowed us to really get the company up and running. Uh, and similarly, other hair companies do the same thing as well. They only focus on only the females and not males. Fascinating. What is the age range usually? Of your clients, our our bad median age is about thirty, but you know, honestly, is anywhere from twenty five to like fifty to fifty five, sixty. That's amazing. If you had an ideal, if someone was an ideal client, but say they didn't have um, the financial means to go into your practice right now right. to work with you individually, would Happy Head be the best place for them to start? It is. I think it's a great place to start because you know, 
by the time it comes to me, it's just more expensive. But really, what it, the whole point of Happy was that to make it increase just more accessible and really reduce the cost. Because when you come and see a doctor in the office, and that's true with every doctor's office, you have the office visit. First of all, is your time. You know, no time. Number two, you have the office visit, all that stuff. Because look, the doctor's time is important as well. Uh, and then, you know, and people still do it. They want to come in. I have happy patients that come in, fly in from Dallas. They want me to look at their scalp and say they're good candidates for happy. You know what? And that's fine if they want to do that. Sometimes people feel happy coming in and touching your hand and shaking your hand. And that's great. But that is not the majority of people. And the whole point of Happy Aid was to increase access to be, to the product and make it right. cheaper. So on the website, really, you're not paying for the office visit at all. What we do actually on our end is that we pay the doctor independently every time the doctor sees the patient. So we're paying the doctor, we're paying for the product. Um, and so the patient is only paying for the product. So we really try to make it streamlined, accessible and affordable for the patient. That's amazing. What about postpartum hair loss? Do you have a lot of folks that, or a lot of women who are, you know, give birth and then lose their hair? Are they a good candidate for happy head? So that's a very good question. The problem with a lot of the postpartum thing is that uh well if you're pregnant or even breastfeeding you cannot use any of these prescription products so unfortunately the answer is no unless you're not breastfeeding if you're not breastfeeding then yes you are but if you're breastfeeding then it's not going to work for you are there any foods or supplements that are detrimental to hair loss that we should be staying away from if it's an issue for someone yeah great question so anything that's going to increase your testosterone level so for example soy milk soy i mean obviously if you use like a little soy oil here and there not a big deal but if you're drinking soy milk or tofu every day so increasing your testosterone level and actually going to contribute to more hair loss um energy drinks are bad uh, obviously, anabolic steroids are bad. We, I mean, I just had a patient this morning that he's going to go on testosterone therapy. Look, sometimes patients have to go on testosterone therapy. There's not much you could do about it, but obviously it's bad because it's increasing your testosterone level in your body, and that's going to lead to more hair loss. Um, chicken, this always, this always comes up. So chicken is great because it's protein, but organic chicken is the best, basically pasture-raised chicken. And the idea is you want to get chicken that is cage-free. The reason is because imagine if you're chicken in a cage, what's going to happen is you feel trapped. So you're running around like a chicken. And as a result, that increases your testosterone level in your body. So when you eat that chicken, you're actually eating a lot of high testosterone. So organic, pasture-raised, cage-free chicken is the best. Increasing your Protein uptake in general is great. So avocados, cashews, peanuts are wonderful. Uh, I usually supplement uh, people's diets with extra protein, um, especially females, especially postpartum, especially. So there are many different types of whey proteins. There's the whey protein concentrate and whey protein isolate. Whey protein isolate is also known as all those muscle milkshakes that you find over the counter. And those are all bad. They're all bad for you. So, so we typically encourage whey protein concentrate. And I tell them, typically tell my patients, go to an Amazon, buy whey protein concentrate. And if you're allergic to dairy, get just a pea protein, get collagen powders from Whole Foods, mix the two together and do a shake every day. And what happens is that that's going to increase your protein uptake. And that's going to really, really, really help your hair and make it just a healthier hair. The collagen protein are very important. Vitamin D for, fem- for male and females are key. And adding additional iron for females is really, really critical. So, so 
even if you don't want to do anything, I think adding those multivitamins and protein to your diet will help anyone with their both hair, collagen, just everything in general. Uh, so, and also staying away from alcohol and definitely not smoking. Smoking is really bad for you because it's going to constrict the blood vessels and prevent the blood flows basically to your scalp. So that's going to cause more hair loss. So, I mean, in fact, my brother, Dr. Sean, will not do a hair transplant as someone who's a big smoker. Yeah. Look, you're going to do the transplant and you're going to smoke. It's just not going to take, you know? Right. Yeah, so food is very important in people's diet. Diets is very, very important. Remember what you eat is what you are. So if you have a bad, poor, crappy diet, you know, eating hot dogs every day, McDonald's every day, a lot of processed foods, you're not going to have the best hair in the world. Right. What would you say to someone who is interested in this profession? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Well, oh, I highly encourage, I mean, I have my three and a half year old son, his name is Dylan. I have a book from him, it's called Dr. Dylan, you know, and I really, truly, you know, I, look, I want him to be a doctor, you know. Unfortunately, you know, medicine is changing in the U.S. just like everything else. And, you know, it's uh, the hardest part of my practice is dealing with insurance companies. The easiest part of my practice is basically talking to my patients. Mm-hmm. The, part, the, the part I love is talking to my patients. And the part I don't like is basically is the insurance company. I mean, that's, you know, now a lot of the cosmetic things like, you know, hair and everything is cosmetic. So, you know, majority of it. It's outside of, you know, insurance. Uh, but what really makes difficult, unfortunately, is insurance companies. But overall, I think I love the profession. I would totally encourage my son to go into it. I love that you mentioned that. We like to go behind the scenes, uh, you know, with our with our guests on the show to ask them the questions of like, what sucks about your business? I mean, you know, there's good and bad to everything. And so for you, the insurance companies, I mean, knowing that is really useful for someone who's interested in the profession. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the, the doctor group, I mean, the doctors, unfortunately, is the group that always gets crushed, basically, with all the insurance companies. I mean, even if their cost goes up, you know, you know, unfortunately, the, the area where basically they're going to take the money away from and distribute to everywhere else is the doctor's group. So which is actually bad for patients, you know, is bad for patient care. So but that kind of, you know, is a much broader talk about healthcare in the US. You know, I think we, we could all do a better job. And what is, you know, what's the correct way, like one basic nationwide insurance for everyone? You know, look, I think eventually we're going to go down that way. But you know, it's going to be a long time before that happens, you know? Right. What are some other challenges that you and your brother have overcome during, uh, in your practice? So, I mean, obviously when we started out, we started out in the, in the last recession, 2008. So starting a business in a recession is always very bad just because no one wants to lend money to you. No one trusts you, especially when you're starting out. Uh, so, so we had quite a bit of a challenge, just, you know, you know, just growing, just getting bigger, you know, just at the beginning, just because we're just a very small group. It, it took us many years to get larger and bigger and basically become more comfortable. And I think once you become more comfortable, you just you become better at what you, at whatever you want to do. Um, obviously, the biggest challenge basically is, you know, we have a group of about 15, 20 employees, you know, look, employees are great. I love my employees. And Luck, we are very lucky to have the best people, but just, you know, still running the group is challenging. You know, this is why a lot of doctors basically sell out and basically, you know, and, you know, just give up their dirt practice to like a proper equity because they don't want to deal with the day to day challenges. You know, another biggest challenging thing in the past two years has been cost. Our cost of everything has gone up dramatically. I mean, gloves, gloves that we were to buy 
$4 a box is now $20 a box. Wow. You know, you know, so cost of gloves, just cost of everything has gone up so much. I mean, literally, I just had a call with my stem cell distributor and our cost of stem cell costs going up 25%. I mean, that's a lot. Um, so, so yeah, so it's really just, just the cost of employees, the cost of basically having your place and operating it, uh, just random, your own insurance costs, you know, just, you know, workers comp, things like that. Everything has gone up as well, you know, dramatically. So it's really, so we try to get, basically do a lot of cost control. And that has been the biggest challenge, honestly, in the past two years that has been very difficult. Uh, but, you know, and, and, but on the opposite side, I think one of the things that has also really helped us a lot uh, is, you know, one thing that really has helped us uh, just expand has been we are very tech savvy and we do invest every year money and time into new technologies. So uh, we have a certain amount of basically of a percentage of our gross income that gets dedicated to technology. And, you know, that allows us basically to experiment with like new apps and new softwares out there. And look, I mean, basically you could practically make an appointment online with us, come see us, basically check out, pay your bill online. I mean, you really make appointments and everything goes through text messages, you know? So we have made it in a way that you really don't need to have any basically interaction with anyone really except basically for, you know, you and the computer. And that really has to do a lot with technology and the technology is just going to get better and better and better every year. Uh, So, but we really truly believe that you have to invest in that technology. And also we really truly believe that you have to basically spend on advancing your practice. So, so we have a lot of like friends that are also in during practice and plastic surgeons, you know, they invest no money basically in trying to create like the next big thing, you know, but we truly believe that you always have to be spending on research. Research is the key basically to success in any business, you know, and that's what is going to get you the next step. That's going to make sure that you don't become the dinosaur. You know, and uh, and look, there are a lot of people that will do very well, basically having a clinic and practice. But if you don't really strive to become, you know, to expand your practice and try to become the best and invest into research and technology, it's not going to happen. I mean, just this year, we bought a hyperbaric oxygen chamber for our practice, which no other Durham group has. We bought uh, a device from France, basically, that allows us to do a lot of PRP injections and another, basically, device that allows us to do better hair transplants. Yes, these things are expensive, uh, but, and not all of these products work, but, you know, when you do enough of it, you basically assemble a group of things that make you better. That's amazing. What does the future of your practice and the future of Happy Head look like? Oh, the happy. So future Happy Head is, uh, so we are, what makes us unique is that we are a customizable prescription grade product. Uh, that um, that's topical. And what's really unique about us is because we're customizable. We're not one size fit all. Every other company in the world basically is one size fit all. There's no one's customizable. So we took the hard approach and I think it's paying off, you know, because no one wants to do customizable because it's so difficult. A patient doesn't like this, you know, we'll change the ingredients for them and ship them out a new bottle within like 48 hours. No other company could do that. The future of hair loss uh, and I still truly believe it's topical compared to oral, but also it's going to be genetically based. 
So uh, in the next five years, we're going to have better genetic data, uh, basically, where we could customize the formula, not based on what you want, it's based on your genetic composition. And your genetic composition is going to tell us what is the best formula for you. That is incredible. That is the future. And, you know, we're working on it. It's not easy, but that's the future of Happier. Wow. What is your one go-to hair, hair care tip to pr- prevent hair loss? Eat well. No, no seriously. You know, I mean, I mean, eat well, don't do energy drinks, don't smoke, don't drink every night, you know, uh, eat avocados, you know, a lot of protein diet. And one thing which is very hard to do, stress is the killer of all. Yeah. I mean, it's really true. You know, I mean, I, I actually today, you know, so every Tuesday morning we have an AMA session with me where, you know, we talk about different topics and today's topic is going to be stress and hair loss. But, you know, the truth matter is that for years, people didn't really know how stress really affects your hair. But researchers have figured out that what stress does, basically, it takes your hair follicle and puts in a resting phase. It basically, by increasing cortisol level, it stops the growth of your hair. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, stress it's, will really have a huge impact basically on your hair. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what it is. So I always say, go to Hawaii and take me with you. But unfortunately, you know, we live in a world where compared to 10 years ago, where the social media wasn't that popular, Instagram and Facebook. See, when I grew up, you know, and I grew up in LA, there was, I had acne on my face. Nobody cared, you know? Because there was, you know, you didn't take photos of yourself every day and post them on Instagram. Unfortunately, right now with the new generation, you know, it's so uh, social media focused that everyone's taking 50 photos of themselves every day, you know, and posting at least a couple of times a day. Uh, and, you know, if you're having a bad hair day, your hair is thinning, it's going to impact you significantly and it's going to really lower your confidence so um you know so we live in a different era but also that's why you know happy is available because you know i think it makes people feel good about themselves uh in this in this type of society so we know that you have happyhead.com but if someone wanted to work with you meet with you speak with someone on telehealth how would they uh, go about reaching you so, so you could, so you could always reach out to help at Happy Head. Oh, you could also reach out to my private practice in Santa Monica, in, in LA. So if you just put in Dr. Ben, I'm Los Angeles, you know, my clinic shows up and you could always reach out to me and trust me, I'm pretty much always available. But so you could go through basically both medium. Uh, but you know, you know, at the beginning, Happy Head was not called, ha- the product was called Happy Head, but we didn't have the domain Happy Head. It was called Hi Happy Head. We didn't get the domain actually for about, almost 18 months into the business just because from a market from from a business standpoint we didn't want to spend buying that domain for a lot of money if we didn't know it was going to be successful and and, and another thing actually about the, the business was that I truly believe that for a business to be successful you have to be making money from day one you know I know there's a lot of tech startups like oh we'll just spend money and eventually we'll make it happy it was profitable from day one. I mean, we, it grossed money, you know, and we made money. So, and really that was really the key to our success because we really didn't have to borrow a lot of money from anyone else. You know, it gener- it started generating $2,000 a month, but you know, that's that 2000, we took it and we invested back into the company. 
the money has always been basically floating back. And I clearly remember from 2000 to 7,000 and every month we're going like 14,000 and then 22 and then 37 and then like 45 and 51. Literally, it grew like that. And the more it made, literally everything just went literally back into it. And we did not spend the dime on something that was not necessary. That's why we didn't buy the domain until a year and a half later, because, you know, we didn't want to pay that much money for a domain if we knew we were not you know, going to be successful on it. That is such invaluable information. Um, my business that I have, it's jewelry. And people ask me, oh, how long has your, pro- uh, your business been profitable? Since the very beginning. <laughs> it's so important to, yeah, to spend money on, on things that will make your business money, especially in the beginning and keep investing and keep investing and keep investing and, and stay very, very lean as lean as you possibly can. Yes, stay very, very lean. I mean, nothing extra. I mean, we didn't, yeah, we were very, very lean. I mean, I believe that we're still very lean. It, it gets tougher when you, you know, get much, much bigger, you know, but we had one computer person, one, one engineer, and it was me. And then a real big investment was our marketing firm, basically that we hired many months later. But by the time we, we hired a marketing firm, the company was already making enough money to pay for the engineer, to pay for all the products and to pay for the marketing and to even have more money for advertising. So uh, yeah, staying lean is the key. Sometimes it's harder to do, but you know, I, I agree with you. So you're in the jewelry business. So that's funny. So my dad was in the jewelry business and, I, and I'll tell you, he, he was in downtown LA jewelry business. And the biggest thing that I learned from him and what, and honestly that, even I truly believe led me to the successful launch of Happy Head and everything was that. It's something that I alluded to earlier is that, see, my dad was in jewelry business and unfortunately, you know, like he's older. So he really, you know, he's, he's like 81 now. Uh, and it's harder for him to evolve with time, you know, and, sure. and he didn't. And unfortunately, you know, you know, the jewelry business, there are no more, you know? So, and I think, and this is why it's so important that for any business, basically they have to set a certain amount of money and basically put into research. And the key with research is that basically trying to find other avenues of growth, because if you're doing something one way right now, basically that's not how it's going to be in 10 years from now, you know, things are going to change. And if you're not investing in technology, if you're not investing in basically doing experiments and research with other stuff, you're going to miss out on the boat and you might become a dinosaur, just like a lot of jewelers. It happened to a lot of jewelers in downtown LA. It's so true. Well, Dr. Ben, I feel like you and I could talk forever and ever and ever, but somehow it's already been an hour. I'm so grateful for having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Sorry, I talk so much. (laughs) No, that's why we have the show. I'm so grateful. So grateful to have you on. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Hopefully come back to LA and see us. I will. And we'll have to do a follow-up show uh, with both you and Dr. Sean as well. Yes, I agree. But thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You got it. Ladies and gents, that interview was so fun and informative. A big thank you to Dr. Ben for coming on the show. And another thank you to our hosts at Dash Radio and producers at Island City Media. If you liked this episode, you can listen to it again on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review so we can continue bringing you the people and conversations that you love, like Dr. Ben. Lastly, if you want to connect with me offline, you can find me at MarionCostello.com and Marion Costello Radio on Instagram. Have the most beautiful day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. You probably think I'm crazy I just told you I'm my baby No way waiting on the right time now Girl, I want you on my timeline, yeah Push the
be through the city on the website Till all the homies slide through, you can invite Ooh, I be sleeping on you Wake up with you sleeping on me Me want to put it down girl for you nice and slow Never choosing nobody else but you Baby girl, oh na 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 Baby girl, oh na 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 Baby girl, oh na 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 Baby girl, oh na 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 Girl, I must be out my mind Cause I want your body all the time Don't take your time First in line I'm greedy because you're mine I noticed that you came with your friend I guess we bout to get it all in Ooh wee Catch your vibe getting groovy I see your eyes, you pursue me Long hair, touch your booty yeah. Gemini, yeah, you know me Ooh, I sleeping on you Wake up with you sleeping on me Me want to put it down, girl, for you nice and slow Never choosing nobody else but you Baby girl, oh na 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 Ooh na na na, yeah Yeah, that body do wonders, girl Wanna put a diamond on you? Yeah, girl, let me see you wine one time. Yeah, me want to sweat with you. Bend that body that way right now. Me want to make you feel all of me right now.